As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I just want to give you guys a heads up that there is some light cursing in this episode. So if you have little ones around or you're listening at work, you may want to put in headphones. Hi, I'm Wendy. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to the Food Heaven Podcast. Your online resource for inclusive and accessible wellness. Hey, y'all. Hi. Hey, hey. Sorry, we never know how to start the podcast. It's always like, what do you say? (laughs) I don't know. But today we're super excited as per usual because we have a really great guest on the podcast. You guys have probably heard of the platform Betches, which has been around for 10 years. I think I was a follower from the beginning. It's like, are you, have you followed them, Wendy Betches? I have not. I'm a newbie. (laughs) She's a newbie. But it's kind of like um, New York-y, like it's women kind of uh, snarky, (laughs) just like posts and they cover everything from like politics to pop culture. And it's just, I find myself like dying laughing at all of their posts. Now their platform is huge. I mean, I think they have millions of followers and it's morphed into like different podcasts and online shops and stuff like that. So it was just a a really cool platform. And I was actually on the podcast of Betches, which is called Diet Starts Tomorrow last month, where I talked about intuitive eating and whether or not you can actively focus on weight loss while doing intuitive eating. We thought it would be great to have one of the co-founders of Betches, Sammy Sage, come on the podcast and talk about her personal intuitive eating journey through the lens of somebody who isn't a dietitian, who isn't a researcher, who isn't a therapist, just like a regular person. And this was actually such a great episode. Again, just to give you a little bit more about Sammy, she's the co-founder and chief content officer of Betches Media and the co-host of the Diet Starts Tomorrow podcast. Yeah. And as Joss was saying, she really goes into like real life challenges with intuitive eating, which is one of my favorite parts of the episode. She, yeah, she just talks about like everyday struggles that she goes through. And a lot of the stuff that she covers are like a lot of the questions that you all send us when it comes to these topics. So really excited to dive in. Before I do that, of course, want to highlight a review. This is from Sydney VP. And they say, I'm really picky about my podcast. I want something helpful, relaxing, relatable, and entertaining, which can be a lot to ask. This podcast delivers it all. I'm so happy that I found my new binge-worthy show that helps me unwind or make it through a drive while also improving my physical, financial, and mental health. Can't wait to share all this knowledge with my friends. Thank you, Sydney VP. That's so sweet. Y'all reviews are the best, seriously. They really are. (laughs) Yeah. We really appreciate you all taking the time to leave some words, leave some stars. 
if you haven't already, get on it. <laughs> head on over. Right. Head on over. Leave a review. You're late. But yeah, so let's just hop right into the episode. Okay, Sammy. So I was on your guys' podcast page and I noticed that you have multiple podcast episodes that come out every week. Am I right? Like, how do you even do that? Because we can barely put out one a week. Yeah. So, so we do, we do, we do two a week. One is the longer one that Jess, you were on, which is like our main episode where we'll have guests. And we usually try to talk about like a bigger picture topic. And then honestly, like diet starts tomorrow has evolved a lot since we started it. So we give advice, but we're obviously not experts. Like, you know, as we would typically have as guests. So what we usually do in the second episode is we just answer an email. So it's really a short episode and we record them all at once. The whole thing takes like an hour and a half a week. So that's how we're able to do it. But it's not, you know, it's definitely much more of a lift to be talking to guests and to do the research on them and like all those things. But when it comes to the second episode, it's really just us kind of giving our very subjective advice based on our own experience. So that's how we're able to manage it. And we're very lucky. We have a really amazing team at Betches and it's hardly just, you know, hardly just the two of us. So we have a producer and an editor and we're really very lucky to have those things, have those people with us. I love it. Y'all sound very efficient. <laughs> we need to take notes. <laughs> I know. I'm like, uh, that because we're trying to do that too, where it's like one yeah. full on episode with a guest and then one shorter mini sode. So I love, I mean, I was telling you guys, on, I was on their podcast when this airs, it'll be like maybe a month ago, but I love the topics that you guys cover because they're so practical for folks. Thank These you. are the topics, that, the questions that come up in my session with clients are the things that you guys just so happened to be covering, which is like perfect. Thank you. I mean, honestly, I, I feel like many episodes are where things are going. I just launched a, a daily news podcast that's five <gasps> minutes every day. And Ooh. because it it is so short, I think people really get very, you know, it's easy. They can just turn it on. It's yeah. over before they even are like done brushing their teeth. <laughs> right. um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, your fans would love to hear from you, even if you were just doing like a quick check-in or like, you know, a moment of the day or something, you know. But, yeah, I love that. It's yeah. less of a commitment too, because it is really time consuming, like with the editing and stuff. So I really love that approach. And I'll be listening for it. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep you posted. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So I want to talk a little bit about your podcast and how you got started, because I know a lot of the topics that you cover center around intuitive eating, which is very unconventional. And so I'm wondering when you started the podcast, were you planning on covering intuitive eating or did it kind of um, evolve into that? Like, how how did you all start? So so I started Diet Starts Tomorrow. Um, just, I guess, maybe we have even more background. My co-host is um, is my co-founder with, at Betches, Aileen Cooperman Drexler. Well, she's married, so we are a new name <laughs> now. Um, so, so we've known each other since we were like in fifth, sixth, seventh grade. I honestly don't even like remember when we met. Aww. So we've been friends for a long time. We started the business with our, co- our third co-founder. And it's, we're almost, Betch is almost 10 years old now, but Diet Starts Tomorrow is going to be three years old in April. And the reason we started it is because the two of us, like throughout our lives, have always been like dieting, struggling with our weight, like up and down, yo yo dieting, really just have a horrible relationship with food. 
And when we did start, we thought we were starting a podcast about like how we're going to like get to a weight loss journey and like what will work for us. And like, I think we thought that like if we could be perfect dieters, that was like the ultimate goal of the podcast originally. But a number of, you know, I think throughout, especially the past year, we've really changed a lot as people and have really transformed and intuitive eating and realizing like the impact that diet culture has had on our lives has really been a part of that. So the switch in the podcast was really a reflection of us, I think, coming out of a lifetime of disordered eating and being sort of in the thrall of diet culture. And it's, you know, it's such a, you know, it's funny because obviously the podcast is edited, but I think of it as such a rough like way of looking at our thoughts like week to week because it really is just like, how are we feeling that week about this diet culture intuitive eating journey? At the same time, it used to be about weight loss, but I think now we've really sort of like evolved into making it more of like more focused on like mental health and our relationships with our bodies and kind of just all things related to like how women can be a little bit happier, healthier, and more quote unquote well. Yeah. Just to give you guys some um, examples of topic ideas that they cover. So one is your boyfriend's toxic food issues are not your own. Another one is how to not feel offended by how others see you which that's something that also comes up like in um, client work. How do I stick up for my food choices around the in-laws? This comes up all the time as well. Mm -hmm. So there's very like relevant, quick, yeah, topics that I feel like are very helpful to people. And especially the reason why I wanted to talk to you is because again, like coming from a perspective of a non-healthcare provider who is actually like adopting um, this framework, like sometimes you don't really hear from those folks as much. You typically just hear like from quote, like experts. So I'm wondering for you, did it, what was your journey like? Like, did it take you a while to kind of adopt this intuitive eating framework? Cause I know for me it did. And, um, were you kind of resistant? Are you still resistant? Like, tell me more. So, okay. I, I found like the intuitive eating book probably about a year into diet starts tomorrow. I tried it and I like I I basically did the part of intuitive eating where you like eat whatever you want. But I kind of got into my head that like okay, if I just like get myself out of this like addiction to dieting that like that will be my secret way of getting thinner because I believe that I was binging and I mean I was binging um due to the restriction. So I thought like if I could just get out of the binging then I would lose weight. But ultimately, like the mind, the mindset I had was not really the right mindset. Also, I was getting married. So I had like all those wedding diet, like all that wedding diet stuff that I wasn't able to like really sustain this belief in intuitive eating that it would work for me. So I went back. So after like a few months, maybe like three months. Oh, and I, I want to say I did the, I, I discovered intuitive eating as a reaction to doing keto, which really gave me some of the worst and weirdest habits I've ever had. Like I've definitely had like had dec- like decades of weird relation- relationships with food, but coming out of keto, I was doing some like pretty gross things, like mixing coconut oil with like cocoa powder and stevia to like try to make myself feel, like eat something that was like technically okay. It was just yeah. not good. 
So I discovered intuitive eating sort of as a response to that, but it caused me to like gain weight. I didn't really like have the principles down. Like it wasn't coming from like a, an internally motivated place. It was still coming from wanting to be smaller. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really understand how much the body acceptance piece was necessary and critical to it working. So I had my wedding diet. My wedding eventually got canceled because of COVID. And I was supposed to get married in April, last April, and got canceled because of COVID. So that all had, I sort of was just like, fuck it. Like the, sorry if I'm not allowed to curse. The No, you're fine. The pandemic (laughs) really, I'll be honest, like the pandemic really like changed me and sort of got me like out of a bunch of like BS that I thought. And um, it really gave me like a lot of perspective generally. And I will say that what really did it and got me back on the intuitive eating path was around June when all the BLM protests were happening and the connection that was ultimately, that ultimately like I learned from that was that diet culture was not only like about me being, not liking my own body and not having a good relationship with food, but that it was actually a result of racism and the patriarchy and all these things that I fundamentally had like personal, like those are really values that I want to counteract. So I think that once the value connection was made for me, it was able to come from a place of like, this isn't just about me and like how I feel about my body and my issues with binging. This is something that is a societally, systemically imposed on me and not just me, but every woman, even men, you could argue. And that really got me out of my head, I would say. And it really made me just feel like, no, like this isn't just, this isn't okay. This is about something bigger. And once I like had the internal values conflict, it became like something that I could really dive into because I could always sort of go back to like reminding myself that like, it's not just me. It's about a bigger picture and more people and the evilness of the diet culture in general and its roots, which are very harmful. So that was, I would say, the big switch for me. And now, like, I'm still, I'm still very much on the journey, but I do feel that I've really neutralized my relationship with food. I don't, I haven't binged in like months. I used to not be able to keep food in my house because I couldn't not eat it. And I couldn't trust myself and it would just be like agonizing to have food around. Mm-hmm. But now I can like, I feel at peace with food, which is crazy because I've never felt at peace with food. And the body acceptance piece I'm still working on, but it's it's moving. Um, I think I'm making some strides. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about because I think, I mean, I think it's so important to understand those big picture things like with social justice and how it all relates to everything because, yeah, I think it like it clicks in a different way where it's not just about you, but it's really about like people who are marginalized, who are being affected by diet culture. And that's why I really appreciate your perspective because you've gone through all these things. You said, I mean, like last year you were just like trying, you know, to diet for the wedding and stuff. And so, you know, it's really like this is an entire process that's lifelong, really, because we're always getting like stimulation from media and from whatever, all these companies. And it's really hard 
to maintain that mindset and approach, um, even for us as practitioners. And this is stuff that we're constantly like reading about. And with a lot of our listeners, we're constantly getting questions like they get the social justice component, they get all the principles and it all sounds great. But ultimately they're like, okay, but I'm still thinking about weight loss or like, you know, someone told me X, Y, Z and I'm triggered. And now it's like, I want to go back to doing what I used to do. Um, And so I'm wondering, like, what are some things that you think are helpful for you right now where you are with just like maintaining these practices when we're constantly being flooded with information about like changing our bodies, going keto, doing intermittent fasting, et cetera, et cetera. I honestly think a big help is that I have friends who have made the same change. Like Aileen, my co-host, and she's not the only one. Like I do have, you know, I have another friend who kind of like led me a little bit into this. She, you know, for the same reasons, she's also grappling with like the body acceptance. So it, it helps to have someone to like text and say, to text your victories to, and to text your like, your stresses to. Like, I won't, like, like you said, like the inputs that we get, they do sort of make me like miss the control of dieting or the feeling I like miss the feeling of like, oh, I can eat all the cake and ice cream I want because to, tomorrow I'm going to start a diet. Like that feeling of like, oh, it's all going to turn around tomorrow and it feels like the solution will be there, but it never was. I miss that like yeah. delusional feeling <laughs> a little bit, but it helps to have like friends who are on the same page. And I have another friend who, you know, she got really, you know, she wasn't particularly politically engaged before this year and she got really politically engaged. And she's now like also feeling like it's a waste of my time to try to shrink my body because it doesn't matter because like, look at what else is happening. And I think like once I realized how much like space it was taking up, like I got mad. I'm like, how dare is take up so much space. How dare this mm-hmm. stop me from like all the things that I could be doing that I actually care about and like making the life I want so that I can be like slightly smaller, even though when I've been slightly smaller, I've never actually been small enough or felt happy or like there's always going to be a photo or a bad angle or something. And like, it's just not going to work if I'm relying on like how small I appear it almost seems like an obvious shortcut to just figure out your confidence and your acceptance of yourself rather than like figuring out how to permanently shrink yourself and you're starving and like you just can't. And it's painful. It's painful to be tormented by food. And I just didn't want to do it anymore. But I think it's, it's hard to arrive at that. And it took a while. And it took also like the fact that I cared about those political things. Like I've always been really interested in politics. So the fact that I like was primed to see those things and those injustices, like it was like almost set up for me already because of my like other interests. And I was able to connect them easier, but I can't, I can't say it's as easy. It's that everyone has that particular like leg up, I would say. Yeah, you said so many things that I'm just like nodding. One of them was the anger piece because that's something that comes up a lot when people start to realize that we basically we've all been kind of like duped into this notion that, yeah, we all have to shrink ourselves in order to accept ourselves. And there's this really good article. Oh, I forget what it's. If you just Google morning the thin ideal, it'll pop up. 
but it has like four stages of kind of grief mm-hmm. um, when it comes to this. Because you mentioned like the diet being just around the corner and the perfect body being just around the corner. And like, I've even read that that actually like releases endorphins and um, you get, yeah, like you were saying, like really excited about that. But then once you don't have that anymore, there's this grieving process that happens. And the, and one of the stages in that, well, the first is denial, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second one, I think is anger because <laughs> you're like, oh my God, I've been doing this. Like what? That might be actually a good podcast episode, but yeah. no, everything you said, I'm just like completely nodding. And also that it is a journey because people feel, and when I say people, I'm, basing this off of just the work that I do with like my clients, they kind of feel that it's something that has to happen overnight. And if it doesn't happen Mm -hmm. overnight or in like a month or there's like a little toolkit or whatever, like then it's not working or it's not right. And really having people understand that like body image healing is a daily practice. Um, There's actually a good book that I'm reading right now. Oh, I forget the quote, but it's something like, I mean, it made me think of even like when it comes to love, because a lot of times we think about love is like just a feeling and like tingling. And, but then when you actually in <laughs> like a relationship, you realize like, no, it's work and it's, it's really actions. Right. And so I think it's the same thing with body image. It's an act, like having a healthy body image is like a daily practice. It's an, it's an action word. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I'm talking to you at a point in my journey that I feel like I've really like made a big step of progress. So I'm able to say like, I feel this way, but it wasn't even until like two or three weeks ago that I was openly embracing like two other people. Like I had disordered eating and like saying those words and even like, I, I feel uncomfortable saying like I had an eating disorder because like, I don't want to minimize, I never was like diagnosed with one. So I don't want to like minimize someone who might have had one, but like wherever it was on the spectrum, it was consuming my brain. And yeah. I don't want to like, I feel like I'm making it sound a little easy because I'm in a good place at the moment, but it was, it was hard. It's hard. Like I still look in the mirror sometimes and I'm like, eh, like, eh, like, this is the intuitive eating. Like, like when I put, try to put clothes on that don't fit me anymore and I'm like disappointed that I can't wear like that cute outfit or I'm not used to seeing my, trying to dress for this body that I'm in right now. And that it's not like, oh, I'm always like feeling great and like high off intuitive eating. But then I try to remind myself, like, I also felt really bad when I was dieting. I still felt this, I felt this exact way when I was dieting. And I was also tormenting myself about food and counting my calories and forcing myself to work out. I would say a big thing that I have not healed is my relationship with movement and working out. Like I never in my life did any sort of movement for the sake of movement, like without thinking about its effect on my appearance and physique and my weight. So I am still, I have a really hard time getting myself to move, like to even walk. I'm like, oh, it's, it's, I, in my mind, I think of it as like getting my steps in for calorie burning. And that's a that's a big shift that I still need to make. Yeah. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but especially when I'm like not loving going outside these days. Right. But, and you know, it's not like you can go to like the gym or workout classes or stuff like that. So that's a little tough, but I also kind of feel like it will happen. It'll, I I feel like I have like faith that it will work as long as I kind of stick with it. 
Yeah. No, I think it's great that you're sharing this because this is like real life shit that I think comes up as people are trying to adopt intuitive eating because oftentimes it's like, I've arrived. And then (laughs) there's no there's no talk about the ongoing work that happens. And it's like, okay, I don't feel like working out. I don't want I don't see joyful movement as joyful. So what now? You know, like there's just so so much nuance when it comes to this stuff. And so I really appreciate you just being honest and be like, yeah, I'm still struggling with this because that's real. I mean, and it's like as much as you've quote unquote arrived, it will always come up because it's like, it's just so hard, like you said. And I'm wondering, like, did you work with the dietitian or was it just more so like you doing your own research and things like that? Because I do think that for a lot of people, sometimes like the idea of working with the dietitian can be a turn off because of access. Like it can be expensive. It could be hard to like find the right dietitian. And so what's been your experience with that? So I thought about it, but I ultimately did not work with a dietitian because I, I work with a therapist and I really trust her and she's not, she doesn't specialize in, in eating issues particularly, but I have felt I have, she understands it enough that I was able to talk to her about these things and, you know, definitely doing my own reading. I also like drastically altered who I follow on Instagram. And yeah. that was like, I feel a huge change. Swapping out like really thin people who were not really offering me, really what they were offering me was just like a billboard and clothes that fit them in ways that will probably not fit me. Once I swapped that out for people with bodies that looked more like mine or with dietitians on Instagram and people who were sharing things that were aligned with like the way I feel, that really, I think, just like moment to moment, what I was consuming was really helpful. So a combination of just changing my exposure, working with my therapist, and then like having to return to Diet Starts Tomorrow every week and work with the and talk to Aileen and have to process it with her has also, I mean, that's like a second therapy session pretty much. <laughs> and that has really definitely, so those are, I would say like the pillars of how this has worked for me. And I feel really, I really feel very lucky that I've been able to even like see this change and then try to go for it. And that I've been able to be supported in it. Yeah. Did what, did I lean, lean into intuitive eating first or was it? So, okay. So it's, it's interesting because, so I read the book, like I told you like two years ago and we did like an episode on it, but we were still both like really into like the diet culture. And again, we got married we were going to get married like six months apart. So the wedding diet, I can't even tell you how much the the toxicity of the wedding industry and wedding, yeah. not photography, but like this belief that brides need to be their absolute smallest they've ever been, that your photos look weird if you're not your smallest weight in them. That was, that was like the source of my torture for several months. And for her too, like she, you know, lost a lot of weight for her wedding. And then afterwards, like she talks about this on the podcast, she like gained some of it back. And then that was like kind of what spurred her intuitive eating journey. Also, this also happened like in the course of the pandemic when, you know, I think it really brought so much perspective because it's like, I am so lucky to be alive and healthy and to be safe Mm -hmm. in my house. And these are, you know, it really put into perspective what matters because I mean, not that it should have taken a pandemic to put it into perspective, but it really did. Yeah. And that I think kind of really changed both of us that like, this is so dumb. Like this is just such like an unhealthy place to be. 
at least like for me, that was like, yeah, I was just like, I can't, I can't anymore. Like in good conscience, do this to myself. Like I'm really, I, it, it switched from me believing that I was helping myself to hurting myself. And that really did it for me. Yeah. It's like the matrix. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of this quote. From, well, like, have you seen the matrix, the movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So do you remember? The pills. I don't even know who it was. No. Well, so the quote was, um, ignorance is bliss. Right. And I remember I didn't understand what that meant because I don't know, I was maybe 10. And I was like, dad, what does this mean? And he tried to explain it, but couldn't. But it's like, that's how I feel. And not even that maybe bliss isn't the right word, but it's like, once you are introduced to these different things, like you can't really go back. Like once you fully like, dive and even though like while you're on the journey yes like you never really arrive and it's like you know you have may have good days and bad but you can't like unlearn that information and so yeah even for me if I, like if i am having periods where i'm feeling like i'm struggling with body image like there's no way <laughs> like no question that i would want to go back to like calorie counting or whatever just because like i just physically mentally just could not even you know Right. I really think it's like ignorance is comfort because it's not mm. like I was like so blissful when yes. I was dieting, but I was comfortable and I felt secure also because like most of the inputs from society were telling me that I was doing the right thing, that I would be healthier and better looking and more fun and more successful and more respected if I was thinner. Like I remember thinking like if we ever had like an interview or if I we were ever on camera, like I remember thinking like I can't be heavier on camera because then no one will like no one will admire what I'm saying. And it it's true. I think like I think it that speaks to like fat phobia, which is we could go into that. Um once like once you see how damaging the fat phobia is to yourself, it's like I can't, I just can't anymore. I can't like Yes, it is a hard change. It is a journey, but you really can't unsee it. As I'm sure a lot of you have seen, the world is racing to get back to normal. People are meeting up, myself included. I've been meeting up with friends and family. And I don't know about you, but it's felt a little weird just like being in quarantine. Like I was quarantining by myself and like now suddenly being reunited with friends and family again it like it feels strange and I think getting back to feeling normal is going to take some time and adjusting it's so important during this transition to prioritize our mental health because I mean after what we've been through like my god it could really do a number to how you're doing emotionally physically too Seeking support is so important. It's a sign of strength. And that's why I am thrilled to bring you this week's podcast sponsor, Talkspace. They have sponsored many episodes in the past and we love having them come back on because it's a necessary and helpful resource for all of us. For those of you not familiar, Talkspace makes it easy to match with the licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your device. You can start messaging with your therapist the same day that you sign up. And you don't have to wait weeks before your next appointment. You can go anywhere and take your therapist with you. 
They offer individual and couples therapy. They also have medication prescription services. And you can set goals with your therapist. They'll help to keep you accountable to track the progress that you're making towards those goals. So whether you're a parent, a student, a millennial, just someone having a hard day, Talkspace can provide you with the support you need to help you feel better and cope during difficult times. They have dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. And I encourage you to check them out. You can go to Talkspace.com to get $100 off your first month with our promo code FOODHEAVEN. Again, that's going to be Talkspace.com. You can use the code FOODHEAVEN to get $100 off your first month. All right, we're going to hop back in. So let's talk a little bit about the online space when it comes to like a lot of these topics, because as much as I think there's like a lot of helpful information, there's also a lot of like contradicting information or like problematic information that is dressed up as like intuitive eating, body positivity. Um, And we did an episode about this, just like the whole body positivity movement and like the before and after pictures and like accepting your curves and like just how that can manifest in so many different ways that can backfire and is counterproductive, especially to like the social justice roots of um, body positivity and health at every size. And so I'm wondering like with the content that you're engaging with, because there are a lot of like influencers, even dietitians who are promoting intuitive eating, body positivity. Have you come across content that you're like, oh, that's not really helpful, you know, or like "Mm, this would be a better way to go about things, you know, in terms of just like the information that's being shared with the public? Yeah, I definitely have. I would I would say one of the most um, confusing things to me in starting intuitive eating was that it seems like it's very, I don't want to say filled because it's not true at all, but there are a lot of people in the space who started off that the reason they need to eat intuitively is because they ate too little, which is not the problem I had. So I think you have a lot of, it's often thin white women who went into the nutrition space because of their own eating problems or eating disorders And then they are part of the intuitive eating movement and they talk about maybe they've gained weight and you're like, where, bitch? Like, you know, (laughs) and (laughs) and it's sort of like, okay, like it's, I understand that they they are being helpful to someone possibly, but it's just not helpful to me personally. And I think that, and I I don't know, it's, it's hard because again, if it is helping someone, that is obviously great, but it felt for a little bit until I was able to find like new creators that I felt like more connected to. It felt like it was a space dominated by people who, who didn't have the same struggles with fat phobia, which is a critical piece of it that makes it hard for people to actually embrace doing intuitive eating. And obviously I don't want to say that many of those, like many of those women don't have you know, feelings about their own body and that they don't feel, and that their, their feelings are discomfort or not valid. But for the sake of, you know, the space, I think it's important that like people should try to follow and, and be, I guess, like a little more discerning about how a given piece of content or a person makes them feel and, you know, follow and unfollow. Maybe you're not ready to follow that person right now. Maybe you used to need that person and you don't anymore. So I feel like it's, yeah, I've definitely, I mean, 
yeah, I've definitely seen some things that confused me or I turned me off or rubbed me the wrong way or made me feel like, what do you know? Like, what do you know from like feeling fat, you know? But then I can think like, I'm sure there are people who would think that about me. So it's, you know, I think it's definitely like, I, and I try to just remember that people are trying their best, even if it's not hitting the mark necessarily. So much to say on that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we talked about it on our, on your podcast episode, but yes, I think for Wendy and myself as well, that was one of the things that was just like, hmm, you know, I, I'm loving now there seems to be more diversity in um, not only shapes and sizes, but also just like dietitians and health care providers who are talking about intuitive eating, but it definitely... Um, yeah. For me personally, it's like, I have to see myself represented for something to um, resonate with me. And if I don't, it just, I, it doesn't resonate. So I think it's important that it's is becoming more diverse. Now, I guess in kind of like wrapping up, I'm wondering what are maybe like some, your biggest lessons learned or even like some takeaways that you can share with our listeners, maybe like two or three takeaways of things um, to consider or that have been really helpful to you on your journey. Okay, so I would say the number one thing that has helped me like in life, but especially in this is, and and this really, I really struggled with this throughout my 20s. I turned 30 last year and it, and again, the pandemic made it easier. I spent so much, I wasted so much, so many years worrying about pleasing people and what will they think and what are they seeing and what are they hearing? And I just, it never it it really brought me so far from away from myself that i have like i regret it but then it's then i'm like okay don't like beat yourself up like you're here you know that's where you were um but the i really think that anything that anyone can do to help themselves figure out like who they are sooner and trying to like be true to like what feels right to them and once you like push past that initial discomfort of like showing people who you are it gets easier and then you like feel so much better later once you can like come at your life from a more genuine way. Um, and that applies to dieting. It applies to really, it could apply to anything, but I do think that it, that when it comes to body acceptance, that is like kind of a big key to it is like kind of trying to understand who and what you are really about and then trying to do your best to authentically bring that to the world. That's my kind of number one takeaway. And then the second, I think, is something that is kind of like what really helped me in this journey, which is like the values piece. I think that I didn't like ever really sit down and define my values. And maybe I haven't like written them out yet, but I act, but I think part of the process of worrying less about what people are are thinking or or making of what you what you're doing once that comes into place it becomes so much easier to do anything because it's like oh that aligns or it doesn't and you just start to like intuitively know what feels right when you practice it more and again it's a lifelong journey and we all change but the process of like figuring out what feels right to me and not just going along with whatever really goes a long way. But I do, if, if you're under 25 and hearing this advice, I fully understand like that that is really, really hard. So 
Yeah. I give people a lot of credit um, who can like figure that out earlier. Yeah, I I feel that so much with the values because it just I mean, it streamlines things so much where you're like, yep, no, that's not going to work. Right. <laughs> that doesn't resonate with me. <laughs> and oftentimes I have found that it's like 90 percent of things that come my way. I'm like, Mm-mm, that doesn't resonate. That doesn't align. Right. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Like honing your intuition. Yeah. And before I before I worked with my current therapist, I worked with uh, my current therapist is like a DBT therapist. Um, but before that I worked with a body psychotherapist and that was the first time it even, like I learned about trauma residing in your body and feeling, um, like learning to tune into your bodily sensations to tell you something that was a huge eye opener for me. And again, that's a practice too. Um, like learning to notice those things and live by them. Um, is something that really helped. So I don't know if anyone wants to read The Body Keeps the Score. That is like one of my favorite books. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of therapists, on your Instagram, you have these like skits, like where (laughs) they're really funny, where you're like, is are these based on conversations with your therapist? Not really. No. Um, Okay. Because I was, it sounds like they would, because one was like, so how was the holidays? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny because there's a lot of like mom stuff in there. And like my mom is really, I mean, my mom's definitely wrapped up in diet culture, but she's really very accepting. So I I they're really not based on my based on my conversations. Like I would say they're kind of like almost the opposite of my conversations, okay. but like I know I like I know that those are like tropes. So, and I see them with I see other people going through them and I I hear from friends like these struggles, but yeah, no, I'm I'm very lucky to have a mother who has definitely like become more accepting. Um, but I wish she would do that for herself too. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So tell us where our listeners can tune into your podcast and, you know, all the things, social media, where to find you. So I co-host Diet Starts Tomorrow with my co-founder and friend Aileen. And you can follow you can follow our podcast on at on Instagram at Diet Starts Tomorrow, where obviously where all podcasts are listened to. Um, if you want to follow me, I do I do a, an array of things on my personal account, which is at Sammy. A mix of politics. It's really a lot of politics, and then like culture. Like I do the therapist videos, and then I also co-host the Betches Sup podcast, which is a political discussion podcast for our news and politics vertical. And I just launched the morning announcements, which is a daily rundown of the news. And I give it an under like, like I try to do four minutes. We, I give the biggest stories of the day with like a little snark. It's not like, you know, it's not really like listening to NPR. It's kind of more like listening to me on here. True. Um, Betches fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that is my new little baby that just launched the January 4th. So we are growing and please subscribe. There's a lot of places you can find me, I guess. Yeah, I love it. We'll nice. link everything in the show notes. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thanks for this coming. Great. Yeah. This was a great conversation. Thank you. I love talking to you. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Food Heaven podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to connect with us online. We're most active on the gram at Food Heaven, but we're also on Facebook and Twitter at Food Heaven Show. If you like this podcast, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. 
Yep. Our podcast is released every Wednesday and each week we take a deep dive into topics like health at every size, food and culture, intuitive eating, mental health, and body acceptance. If you're looking for a sustainable and inclusive path to wellness, come hang out with us to learn how to take care of yourself from the inside out. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. 